Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reinald Show, we talk about some of the things that should go into an injury prevention program. The Ask Mike Reinald Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I am joined by our crew at Champion PT and Performance. Dave Tilly, Lisa Russell, Mike Scudo, Dan Pope, Lenny Macrina, Dewesh Podell, all here answering your questions. Um, anybody ever notice that like every four episodes we go faster? It's like every four. It's every four. That was a, can, can, can you tell that we record four at a time? We do this once a month and then we run out of time on the fourth episode. But no, seriously. But Len, who do we have for PT students today? We have PT students today. Welcome back, PT students. We have our uh, great PT students, uh, Joe Midget from the University of Delaware. Um, and we also have Ray Stotzer from the University of Alabama at Birmingham UAB. We got to go back to the nicknames, by the way, because I already got one for Joe. Joe, it's Joe Jumbo Midget. Uh, sweet baby Ray. Well, Ray Ray. I, I, well, but no, but we don't call him Sweet Baby Ray. We just call him Sweet Baby. Oh, I do. Be like, hey, <laughs> sweet, ba- sweet Baby, can you get me a hot pack? <laughs> That's sweet weird. Baby Ray or Ray Ray. <laughs> Too far. Ray Ray. Uh, but uh, uh, Joe Jumbo, what, um, what, what do you have for a question today? What do we got? Okay, so Tyler from New York asks, how do you build injury prevention programs? Are injury prevention programs, for the most part, just good, sound training? Great question, Tyler. I like that one a lot. A lot of people say that. I'm probably one of those people in that camp that I've probably said that at, at some point in my life too, that you know, like a good injury prevention program is the same as a good training program, which is the same as a performance enhancement program. They're all just good training, right? So I kind of like that concept. I know others like Mike Boyle and Greg Cook and even uh, like Mark Verstegen. I've, I've definitely kind of like heard repeat some of those uh, those concepts as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we approach it that way at champion. I'd love to kind of get some other thoughts, maybe, maybe start off even with uh, Dewey for a sec here and just kind of talk about like, you know, what, what's the difference, maybe Dewey, how, maybe we start with this. What's the difference between just like a training program and an injury training program? Is there a difference? And, and do you do anything, do you do anything differently? Yeah, I think, I think to start, I, I would say like, that overall concept of a good strength conditioning program being a good injury prevention program does hold true, right? Now, there is a couple other things that we probably should add to that a little bit uh, so that we're not overgeneralizing. Uh, we do have to look at the demands of the sport and say, all right, what do they get a lot of? And what are the specific demands that we do have to get the athletes ready for, right? So like let's that. say, let's let's use like a simple, let's use like a runner as an example, right? So a runner wants to, you know, do distance running, we got to get their endurance really high. We got to get some level of power so that they can be a little bit more efficient when it comes to their like top end work, 
right? But then we have to say, all right, they get a ton of repetitive motion, they get repetitive stress on these joints, right? How do we give them specific movements, right? Or a little bit more isolated, targeted work for specific muscle groups that keeps them healthy in the long run, right? So an easy example there would be give them a little bit more um, like heavy solio strengthening work, maybe give them some, you know, bio work, some um, vertical power work to get them ready to go and build a better, more efficient engine. I like that. And I, so, and I like the concept of like really focusing on the demands of the sport, right? So two things I'd say the demand of the sport. And then secondarily, I'd probably even add like, like what, what are the common injuries in the sport mm-hmm. that we're talking about to prevent that injury? Like what are the most common injuries you see? So, um, you know, that, that way you can almost like reverse hack it. Right. So, you know, if you're, if your sport tends to get hamstring strains, you're probably going to do more things to, uh, to, to get that more resilient in your program here. So, I, I like the way you, you phrase it. It starts with a good training program, but I actually think if it's just a good training program, it's probably not as good as it could be, right? So who, who else has some thoughts? I know maybe like I'd like to hear Dave thoughts maybe on, on the whole concept of maybe sometimes it's not a magical exercise, but maybe an injury prevention program is just working on building capacity. Yeah. Um, and then I know maybe Dan might have some stuff too. So I don't know. Dan, you want to start it off maybe? Yeah, sorry. I'm like foaming at the mouth about this. I, uh, yeah, I nice. We, we, we can't um, tell because you have a mask on, so we can't see the foam. Yeah, it could be COVID. I'm just kidding. I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> not funny. Not funny. No, it just, right, it, it's not. It's rabies, though. <laughs> yeah, it could be rabies. Could be rabies. Um, well, I'm in the fitness world, right? So it's a little funky because the training programs for my athletes, they don't do a sport beyond kind of working out in the gym, right? So it's a little bit different, I think, because of that, um, the fitness world could be a little bit better in terms of creating injury prevention programs. And I think you said it right on the head there. We have to figure out exactly how these injuries are happening before we start trying to apply this blanket injury prevention plan, which doesn't really address any of the real reasons why people get hurt, you know? So first and foremost, you got to figure out your sport and where those injuries are occurring. So if you start thinking about, I had an athlete the other day who had a pec rupture, right? And if you start looking through the medical literature, it's supposed to be very uncommon. I'll tell you what, if you are a powerlifting athlete, you know, and if you've worked in powerlifting, pec strains, pec ruptures are actually quite common. Same thing goes for like the bicep. So we need to make sure that we're creating an injury prevention plan that's very specific to the reasons why people get hurt, right? Could also be an overuse issue, could be a loading issue, um, could be that we don't have mobility in the right areas. Something like Olympic weightlifting, I know people love to poo-poo flexibility as something that can prevent injuries. And yeah, maybe in a field sport athlete, it might not be the best intervention to reduce the likelihood of getting a, let's say a hamstring strain injury. But if you don't have the right mobility form an Olympic lift, you may have terrible pain, let's say your wrist, elbow, shoulder, because you can't get into a front rack, you can't get overhead fully. So in my population, that does a lot of Olympic weightlifting, and I need to do quite a bit of mobility work to reduce the likelihood of getting an injury. So um, I guess I'm not adding a ton more than what you had already said. I'm just like, expanding upon it and just making sure that when people are trying to create a prevention plan, there's a real thought towards how people get hurt first and starting to address those issues as opposed to blanketly trying to make someone more balanced, right? Or do more rowing and pulling or all these ideas that pop up into the, the fitness world. They're supposed to prevent injuries magically and not addressing the actual way that people get hurt in the gym. 
I like that. I like that too. And, and, and I think we're all saying like that, that concept is, is pretty dang close, but if that's all you believe in, it's not enough. Like you have to understand the specific demands and injuries of the sport. So um, Dave, why don't you, I, I'm just loving to hear your thoughts. Cause I know you've put some thoughts on capacity and sometimes yeah. we don't get hurt because of something that happens, but maybe it's either under or over capacity preparation, almost to a point. Like, so how would capacity go into an injury prevention program? Yeah, it's interesting. And it's also like, unfortunately, like a really uh, big elephant in the room topic in our profession, because, you know, we all everybody here who's a, uh, you know, provider and medical or not come with like, you know, parents or coaches or it's like internet gurus, like they're like, well, they want the one best exercise for low back pain, they want the three best stretches to help with your knee pain. It's like, it's not that simple. Like, this is such a complicated, uh, you know, multifaceted issue. And, you know, honestly, most of the time, it comes down to a harder conversation about like workloads. And are you following a good program? Like, do you have really good basic technique? Do you work on the basics every single day? Like, do you have patience to go through multiple adaptation cycles over like, you know, months and years, not weeks and days? People want like a quick instant fix. And so, yeah, maybe like mobility or strength or control issues, maybe just something you can pick up. But 95% of the time, it's going to be a much bigger problem with like the workload issue and their culture. And I think unfortunately, a lot of times like people are just pushing too hard too soon with younger athletes and they want to show off for a scholarship or a showcase or something like that. And like, that's a workload problem. You're trying to ramp up super aggressively for something that maybe is not a super, you know, relevant goal for your long-term performance. And I think I'm having more of those harder conversations around like periodization and long-term athletic development and planning a good workload over a year and saying like, okay, well, what's your biggest competition? When can we ramp up to that? How are we going to ramp up to that? How many weeks, how many months are we going to go into that? And I think unfortunately that that's way harder for someone to be patient and to go slow and do the proper steps. And so they don't want to do that. And it's really hard because again, in instant gratification world, they want to just get, always be ready to go hundred percent. And so, you know, people want those fancy exercises and they, and they want that quick solution, three stretches for knee pain or this best exercise for back pain. And I, I don't think we're doing anybody a service when we try to go that route. I like that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, w w again, if you, if you just think injury prevention programs are a functional training program, then I think you missed the boat on that. What, like Dave kind of said, maybe, maybe you don't ramp them up enough. So you're not preparing them enough for their competitive season. Maybe you ramp them up too much, or maybe you ramp them up too fast. Right. And I think that's the other thing is the pace of getting them to their capacity. So I think it's also a um, cultural thing, too. Right. If you look at some of the sports that are out there, baseball is pretty well accepted now that you have to strength train um, at some capacity in season and out of season. And then you talk. We were talking about in the previous episode uh, about rowing. Rowers don't really train. They train by rowing. Right. Like they don't necessarily come in and, and, and want to have a program for an offseason because there really isn't an offseason. Same in gymnastics. Right. Gymnastics, it, it's been basically you don't train because you're going to get too too bulky. You're going to lose your flexibility, right? But baseball is, no, let's train. And almost to the point, like, they're training almost too much, I feel. Like, we have kids coming in that are looking, like, jacked. Like, oh. dude, like, pump the Lenny, brakes a little. Lenny, no, broke the internet. Lenny just broke <laughs> the internet. I like <laughs> Six years. It's champion. It's, it's, uh, six years it, to get there. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're trying in gymnastics, and Lisa's trying in, in, in rowing, and – um, or crew. And, and I think there's a cultural thing too, that we, that is being addressed as well, uh, throughout the different sports. Awesome. So good stuff. So bunch of things that go into it. I wish it was as simple as just a good training program. That's <laughs> your foundation. That's probably 80% of it though. Right. But then there's some more specific things you can do on top to be even better. And you know what? That's how you set yourself apart, Tyler. That's the big yeah. part of that is that you can set yourself apart by being that person there. So uh, Lisa, did you have some? May I add brief? one little thing? Yeah, sure. Um, 
I, I was going to say at least within the rowing world, right? One thing that I've really noticed um, holds people back is a lot of times when, when coaches do develop some sort of strength program or some sort of, you know, injury prevention type stuff, it's blanketed for the entire team. Right. And so I feel right. like um, keeping in mind, obviously every athlete's an individual and everybody moves differently and needs different things, right. That, that can go a long way. And so again, not having like the magical exercise or the, even just the set of like injury prevention, we give this to everybody. Um, I think being aware of people's variability and what individuals need goes a long way too. Yep. That makes sense too. It's like, you know, like everybody may have like a different, thing that they need right so maybe they're tight somewhere weak somewhere something somewhere right i think that's a really good point so i'm glad you added that here as we didn't even really talk about that it's it's your individual deficiencies and and things that so perfect so awesome so great question thanks tyler we will keep going with these questions if you keep asking so head to mike click on that podcast link and you can fill out the form to answer uh to ask us more questions not answer us more questions not jeopardy um that would be interesting we should do that one episode <laughs> 300 episodes. 300 episodes. 300, we're getting there. Awesome. Thanks so much. See you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to mikerinal.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.